0: Mark, chapters 2 and 3, starting at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiatar, the high priest, He entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful, only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, and he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus.
1: Amen, Jaira, you are enough. You are enough. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I will be content. How I many y'all believe Jesus is enough? Come on, I mean, come on, let's give him a praise. Listen, I'm excited about this series. We are in the last of our six-week six series entitled Jesus at Work. And my prayer is that Jesus is not just at work, but he's working in our lives as well. Jesus' work begins with coming to earth and bringing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven so that those who are separated from God could repent and believe in the good news. Jesus worked to connect God's power to the problem by working his power and authority. Jesus worked his power and authority and drove demons out of a man that was possessed. Jesus worked his power and authority by healing Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus worked his power and authority by touching a man with leprosy and healing a man who was paralyzed. Jesus worked his power and authority by healing and forgiving a man who was paralyzed from sin. Jesus worked his power and authority by sitting at the table of tax collectors and letting them know that they are forgiven. Jesus worked power and authority by working to transform the hearts of the religious community by helping them to understand that it is not their religious practices, but it is through a relationship by the one who came to earth and to do a work on an old rugged cross. Grace City, Jesus is at work. And this week we close this series looking at Jesus, working his compassion and love for others and taking care of human needs even when it comes in violation of religious practices and laws let us pray our father and our god thank you so much for the privilege and honor to be here today father you are the potter we are the clay mold us shape us make us break us to what you need us to be holy spirit we give you full authority minister through our minds speak with our tongue love with our hearts In Jesus' name, we pray, and all God's children say, amen, amen. You may be seated. Our focus text this morning is verse 4. Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remain for the time that's mine this morning, for a little while, I'm gonna preach from this sermonic selection, let relationship work out the legalities. Let relationship work out legalities. Grace City, one of the hot topics in our city is the issue of youth that's squeegee. This issue has been charged debate for our community on what we should do with these young youth and young adults. Some of you have heard that the plans on the news and that the plans have been reduced down to paying youth to come off the corner. Anybody heard that this week? That is the narrative that our that's out there, but I can tell you from firsthand experience that the plan is way more complex. And the strategy is way more complex than paying people to stay off the corner. I had the privilege in this uh, this season to work closely with the Squeegee Collaborative. We had to look at two things, two things, church. We had to look at the legalities and we also had to look at the lives of those who were squeegeeing. We had to look at how both had an impact on the community. First, we looked at the legalities. What is the law around squeegeeing? I'm getting there y'all, just stay with me. When looking at legalities, you must look at three components. You've gotta look at the letter of the law, You have to look at the spirit of the law, and you also look at the criteria of whether the law is just for all people. I'm almost there. (laughs) That was important because we understand what decision we made must be a decision on all laws on panhandling, not just African-American males with a stick in their hand. The second part we had to look at and examine was we had to look at the individuals that were squeegeeing. We had to look at the law, but then we had to look at the face of the individuals. We built relationship with the individuals so that who were squeegeeing. We wanted to hear why were they squeegeeing. We wanted to find out what they needed so that we can help to help this problem. See, there were problems that we wanted, uh, that wanted us, that there were people that wanted us to deal with the letter of the law and to remove the squeegee kids off the corner by any means necessary. And there there were others that said, that looked at the needs of the young people and although they were disruptive, sometimes dangerous and dangerous places, they say, let them stay there so that they can survive. But what the plan ended up doing was looking at the legality but also looking at the lives of the individuals who are squeegeeing and coming up with a plan that will help them live better lives. This only happened by building a relationship with those who were squeegeeing. In other words, Grace City, we let relationship outwork the legalities. What the plan really is is a comprehensive plan that included everyone to help make this most vulnerable population thrive. Everyone has to put something on the table. It required the youth that squeeze you to enter into a program that moved them from squeegeeing to a job. It required restricted areas and all panhandling for those restricted areas. For anyone that wanted to panhandle, you had to be in this restricted area. It required the law to declare certain areas were too dangerous for panhandling anywhere and that no one can do that. And you would get a ticket and even the people that hand money will also be in trouble as well. It required social service agencies to help solve social emotional needs of individuals who were squeegeeing, homeless, abuse, victim of failed education. It required everyone to participate. In other words, we let relationship work out the legalities. Grace city, I didn't come here to roll out the squeegee kid plan, but I come to remind you that most, that we need to let relationship outwork legality. Jesus let relationship outwork legalities. When Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well, he he let that, he connected with that woman and he uh, gave her a water that she would never thirst again. She let, he let relationship outwork the legality. Jesus touched a man with leprosy and made him clean again because he let relationship Outwork legality. Jesus, better tax collector, and at that tax collector, that tax collector became an apostle because he let relationship outwork legalities. A woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, he reached uh, that woman, reached and touched them, but it was okay because he let relationship work out the legalities I just simply come here to tell you this morning when you go to Thanksgiving dinner table I know some people broke some laws of relationship with you but I'm telling you let the relationship outwork the legalities in our text this morning we have a complex issue in which the Pharisees is questioning the legality of Jesus disciples in their action we find Jesus himself in some legal trouble with the Pharisees because the Pharisees is trying to reduce Jesus down to the letter of the law. The disciples are walking with Jesus, and while they are walking with Jesus, they must have gotten hungry. And as they are getting hungry, they decide to grab some grain off of the tree, and they pull some grain off the tree, and they eat the grain. And But the problem is not that they were eating grain, Bob. It was because they were eating grain on the Sabbath. Good God Almighty. Now, the word Sabbath means, watch this, y'all, to cease, to desist, or to rest. It means refreshment. (laughs) It means refreshment and worship for his people. Isn't it amazing that the men went, was tired, ate grain, but because it was on the Sabbath, which means a day of refreshment and renewal, the Pharisees say they've done something wrong. Whew! I, I, that's a preaching point there, but I'm gonna keep it moving. But the rabbis, but see, here's the problem: the the rabbis added an extra biblical restriction and regulations in the stat for the Sabbath. And, and so they had all these laws that were surrounded around the issue of Sabbath. Uh, so instead of the Sabbath being a place of restoration, instead of the Sabbath being something of restoring, they, had, they have made this an oppressive and burdensome moment of the week. Instead of Sunday or whatever the Sabbath was, was a day of rest. It now has become a burden. Lord have mercy. That's a preaching point there, but I'm gonna keep it moving. In other words, the Sabbath had become something that was never intended to be. Listen, church, the Talmud devotes, this is the Jewish law book, it, is, it devotes 24 chapters of regulations of what people should not do on the Sabbath. Literally church the the rabbis spent two and a half years interpreting just one chapter on what you should and should not do. The Pharisees are holding Jesus to the letter of the law without looking at the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is that the law is meant for refreshing. It is meant for renewing. The men eat food to get refreshed and renewed, and they are in violation of the law because the law is doing something it was never meant to do. So Jesus, so many points I could go there, Alan, but Jesus decides, Grace City, to let relationship outwork the legalities and my question for Jesus is how did you not how did you not reduce down to the letter of the law uh, my question is Jesus how did you let relationship outwork the legalities and I'm going to show you four things I see in the text this morning four points that's why I got to keep going that there is A relational precedent. Somebody say precedent. Listen, verse 25. He answers, says, Have you never read what David did when his companion was hungry and need? In the day of Apatha, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate and concentrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some his companion. Precedent here simply means an early event or action regarded as an example or a guide. We have laws, the precedents of laws where, you know, the precedent guides us on how we are to function today. The people are walking along with Jesus, and while they're walking, they go and get something to eat. They're, 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 again, they're permitted to eat it according to Deuteronomy 23 and 25. But the reason why they're in trouble why they say it, because he does it on the Sabbath. And because they had to separate the grain and... And did all of the work from separating the grain to put it in their mouth they called that work and they violated the law so jesus wants to show them how ridiculous it is that you would say i'm unlawful for feeding someone who are, who's hungry so he lifts up first samuel chapter 21 verses 1 through 6 and he used this as the example he he says, "You know David. Y'all know David because y'all Jewish, and y'all are real popular with David, and y'all love David." He said, "Yeah, David. You know David, uh, the hero David. He went into the synagogue, and when he was in the synagogue, he was fleeing from Saul. And when he was fleeing from Saul, he got hungry, and when he got hungry, his men got hungry. And guess what he did? They, there was only consecrated bread." inside of the sanctuary it was only for communion and guess what the people couldn't eat communion it was only for the priests. and David had a nerve watch this to go over to the communion table take some food himself and fed men and that was an absolute violation to what the law said David was absolutely wrong and so Jesus says well if David had the authority to do that, then guess what? I am the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, if David is big enough of a man to do that, then guess what? <laughs> I <laughs> am big enough of a man <laughs> to say, to, to, to change the rules of the Sabbath. Now, listen, 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 this, isn't, this is problematic. This is problematic them because now watch this he puts the relationship in the center instead of their religion let me come get you the relation you got to have a relationship with me he's bigger than david he says you have to have a relationship with me to be made right not your actions and not your practices go come back and give me come get you see he's helping them to understand it is not about what you do it's about the work that he's about to do in order for your life to change and transform don't you sit back here on sunday morning and think it's something in and of yourself that can save yourself it's only god and god alone that is able to lift you transform you and make you new jesus is helping the Pharisees to understand, don't you get the big head round here? You think it's about your efforts, but it has nothing to do with your effort. It has all to do with who I am. And so Jesus works out the legality through a relational precedent. He says, he points to David, he says, you are okay with David, well, I am actually bigger than David. So not only is there a relational precedent, but there's a relational position. Jesus' position is that he is the Lord over the Sabbath. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But here's the question for you this morning. What is his position in your life? See, Lord, watch this. Ooh, here it is. Lord means that you give him control. If he's Lord over something, he controls it. And here's our problem. There are areas in our lives we want God to control. And there's areas in our lives that we want to control. Jesus says, I am Lord over the Sabbath. I am over all things. I'm over all problems. I'm over your money. I'm over your job. I'm over your family. I'm over depression. I'm over your pain. I am Lord over it all. But here it is. He says he has this relational position, but, it, but, but this is the danger. It requires the Pharisees to move out of the center and to place God in the center in order for them to change. What's in the center of your life? What? Do you have in the center because the pharisees want to believe that it's what they do that makes them right and they're not willing to shift from the fact that it's their efforts so much so that they, they have an attitude with jesus and calling jesus unlawful they have jesus In violation. No, sir, you're in violation. Because Jesus says, I belong in the center of your life. And so, Jesus, there's a relational precedent here, David. Uh, There's a relational position. He says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. But here it is, here it is. He says, there's a relational, watch this, perception. Here we just look at the verse. Look. So now we're in chapter 3. And it says these words. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason. Watch this. Listen, y'all. Some of them were looking for a reason of accusing Jesus. So they watched him closely. Watched him closely to see what he healed on the Sabbath. This is not in my notes, but let me put a quarter in the meter. If folk are looking for you to do wrong or looking wrong out of you, they will find it. Because <laughs> if they find, they are looking to accuse Jesus. Let me, let me help you, out. they are not looking for change, they're not looking for healing, they're looking to accuse Jesus that he's wrong. <laughs> That's why in church we got to be careful and ask ourselves, are we trying to get it right? Or are we trying to be right? They were looking <laughs> to accuse Jesus. That was the agenda. And if you open and approach things that way, you will find it. So guess what? They found themselves right, and Jesus is wrong. <laughs> so here, like I got to keep going. So 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 there's this. Perception, relational perception is going on. And Jesus loves it because he, he knows what they're looking for. Yes. So Jesus finds, he's in a teach synagogue and he's teaching. He's, he's doing a wonderful job teaching, y'all. And, um, and they're listening. He has everyone's attention. But they're looking at it through their religious eyes. They're looking at Jesus trying to accuse him of his wrong. They are so religious, and ew, I love Jesus because he used this moment to set it up. There is a man that needs to be in relationship with him, and he, the text says he has a shriveled hand. And this man is sitting in there with him with this shriveled hand, and I love what Luke says because he, he, he highlights the fact that it's his right hand, if you know anything about the right hand in scripture, that has to do with authority. <laughs> uh, so he brings up the fact that it is his right hand that is shriveled, and, and now Jesus is perceives he has to shift their mind from their religious ways to his relational ways, and he brings the attention to the man. He brings the man with the shriveled hand and he brings him in the forefront. And he uses him as a biblical demonstration of what it means to have a relationship with him. And so he brings this man to the center because he's getting ready to pull off this demonstration uh, with this man who has a civil, civil hand. And he wants the Pharisees to see it. He, 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 he has this man, to see, he wants these Pharisees to see it. And Jesus sets the situation up and he tells this man to stand up and he makes him the center of attention and when he makes this man the center of his sentence he gets in the man's face but he's talking to the Pharisees (laughs) he gets in the man's face and he's talking to the Pharisees and then he tells the man, and I love this. He tells the man, stretch out your hand. And when he stretches out his hand, watch this, church. The text says the man was restored. What did I say Sabbath meant? Come on, come on y'all just missed the Sabbath, <laughs> so he gives them the real demonstration That's the part in the Baptist church it would have went off right there. That's the part right there. But he gives him a real demonstration of what he was trying to show him, which is Sabbath is about restoration. <laughs> not about what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> oh, y'all don't know when to shout. and I got one Baptist person to shout right there? Oh, that's a good point right there. But anyway, so he, he gets... He gets, he goes, the man, he tells him, stretch out his shriveled hand. And the real definition of Sabbath is a visual demonstration, restoration. Great city, I spent months on sabbatical. And people kept saying to me, you had a busy sabbatical. You're right because I was getting things restored. I wasn't doing nothing, but I was working on restoration. I was working on things that needed to be restored. Jesus could, which brings me to my last point, he restores them with his power, church. It is the power of God that is the true restoration of our God. Church, I pray that we begin to come back and look again at every problem and know that God's power is greater than our circumstances. Jesus is now, he has the power of our lives to change our lives. He has power, church, that we can be saved. He has the power to make those who are unrighteous, righteous, he has the power to work out all of the legalities in our lives. There is a relational precedent, there is a relational position, there is a relational perception, but there is relational power. Listen, church, watch this. He told the man to stretch out his hand so that he would be restored. Do you understand what restoration is? I came to tell you that Jesus' power is relational power. Can I talk about his relational power. He just didn't tell the man to stretch out his hand, but his relational power is for us. Do you know what his relational power is? They hung him high, watch this, stretched him wide. He hung his head, bled and died, but that's not how the story ends. Come on y'all, he got up with what? All power in his hand. I come to tell you, church, that God has relational power that can restore our lives. Baptist church, that would have killed right there. The Hammond B3 would have went to the next key right there. Man. But anyway, (laughs) y'all ready? Come on, worship thing. I done did all I can. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much we bless you, we lift you up, we exalt you for being the God of our salvation. God, I am so appreciative of how even the legalities of our lives, that you said, let the relationship outwork those legalities. God, I thank you that you've set precedent that you are God that loves us deeper than any law that God, I I thank you for your position, that you are any greater than any great man, that your word and authority is higher than any king, any president. I thank you, God, for the relational perception that when we put our eyes on ourselves, we can put our eyes on you, and you know that it's through a relation with you that our lives has changed. But we also have relational power, and that the same power that conquered the grave, it lives in you and it lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen.